Hey, all you cyber brains out in meat space. Welcome to the inaugural edition of Destroy All Clickbait. This is the first real version of this podcast after a couple of uh, trial runs. It's the podcast where we scrounge around in the seedier corners of the interweb and look at some of the wild stuff that desperation breeds in hungry content providers. Uh, just a quick heads up, we did have the traditional technical audio issues that come with the early episodes of any podcast, uh, so I apologize for my voice in particular, but we've uh, worked our editing wizardry and produced something that came out pretty well otherwise. So, on that note... Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, uh, I'm uh, Adam, and this is my friend... Uh... Yeah, James, I'm here. Uh, Hello. You go by James, or do you go by? Do you want to go by Ing? I'll go by. J I'll go by Ing. Okay, Ing. It's Adam and Ing on the podcast. Rapping at you live. Um, not live. It says Jingo uh, and the Puma, your morning zoo. Yeah, Erwin and the douche. Uh, <laughs> in the morning. So, um, hey, thanks for being here. This is our first official try at the podcast. We've had some sort of early. Uh, early uh, warm-up podcasts, which we're going to try to make available, but this is our uh, our first real shot at this uh, this podcast, uh, where we're going to uh, use, at least as a framework in general, concept of clickbait and uh, other such internet uh, guppery, uh, which we both dislike and find fascinating. Um, I know uh, Ing is very good at find he's he he was sort of the one that uh got us started in that uh in that capacity um isn't that writing yes that is right no but yeah we're gonna basically scour sort of the dredges of the internet and look for some stuff to be of conversation starters with that yeah conversation starters but also i mean i'm personally i you know personally i'm seeing it through uh uh, uh, a prism, and I did actually want to talk about this a bit at the beginning because I don't think I'm breaking any new ground here when I say clickbait is bad. Uh, I don't think that's a radical, uh, and I think mostly we've we've people are vaguely aware of the reasons why. But in, if you're not, um, you know, I, I, the idea is just that the internet is getting monetized primarily through uh, the idea of getting people to click on something, whether or not it's worth clicking on, and getting as many clicks as possible, uh, so you get these lists and things that are like one on each page. Nude celebrity photos, one on each page. Uh, here's a gallery of posters. Maybe it's maybe it's something actually worth looking at, like post classic movie posters or something. The top still, ten pictures every... of drunk raccoons, you know. <laughs> exactly. Which, hey, I'd click on that. But the point is they'll put one on every page so that they get ten clicks instead of one click. Yeah. Um, you know, based, yeah. The, the, the way it hasn't been thought through uh, fully at, when they set up this division of clicks rather than eyeballs or things, which leads to all this really low-hanging fruit. Um, I mean, you, which... you basically... Yeah, go ahead. Which, honestly, there's a lot to talk about just with how the internet is monetized and whether it's going through a bubble burst with that. And there's a lot of topics there just in terms of ads and relying on ad revenue and that sort of thing. Mm. And yeah, it's, then there's yeah. an arms race between ads and effectively ad blockers that has a whole right. thing that can be discussed there, and 
Yeah, it's yeah. created a very... It's like, it's understandable why you would go to clickbait format, and yet it's, on the whole, not good for the terms of the actual content. That's right. It's 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 all about, you know, you know it, 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 and it's kind of arbitrary, too. Like, it becomes, oh, we've got the most number of clicks. Okay, but as some people point out, there were, there were briefly looking at the idea of basing it more on how long people spent on your website, which to me makes way more sense. Uh, like, they, they do, I believe, have software on some of the major websites that keeps track of how long people spend reading articles and looking at your website. Because the longer you're on the website, the more ads you're seeing. You could click on something 50 times really quickly and not see anything. Um, but And yet, this has become the metric by which people... Uh, by which people decide whether it's going to be worthwhile or not, um, which is a, a bit unfortunate. Um, and and as you say, you know, it's. It, I, I agree. I think you're right that it's. We're heading to a bit of a bubble in some ways. Like it, people talked about how MTV had some good reportage, and then they suddenly switched over, and it's all going to be videos uh, now, right? Yeah, it's an yeah. MTV or Vice or something, but. Here's a, and it was established that videos are perhaps the worst way to get your article across. A hundred percent agree, yeah. Which feels odd to say, because obviously YouTube is a big thing, but if people aren't going to YouTube when they click on something that looks like an interesting title, the fastest way it seems to get them to click off is to reveal that it's in video form. Yep. Absolutely. That is, and and I and yeah, it's it's interesting that people feel that way too. It's like so basically, the people who write things know that you can convey more information faster and more efficiently via print. People who watch them don't really want to watch a video. Don't want to watch some people talk just to get to the point of the the info, of the the article or whatever it is. Nobody wants this, and yet it's happening anyway. <laughs> I don't get it. Because it's keeping people on the page for a certain amount of time. I mean, that's what I'm guessing. But the thing is, the idea of the page is to make sure that they uh, they see ads, right? I mean, at the end of the day, that's what's making the money is the ads. Um, and yet, if you're watching a video, you're not seeing as many ads as you would be if you're scrolling down a big article and there's... 15 ads on the side. Would that not be the case? I mean, I don't know. Like, how it seems to me... Like, well, what it seems to me is that, honestly, the best way to do ads is honestly just to do open sponsorship and commercials within content. Yeah. Cause, and especially yeah. if someone manages to do it well or create some way to eye-catch there, then... Okay, you have a memorable ad that is associated with the content someone enjoys, and so that they always remember it for that. Right. Yeah, I I agree. I I there do. I mean, maybe they have some brilliant master plan that they're gonna all. Uh, uh, right now, I mean, all we see is that people like Caleb Horton, who I know we both uh, enjoy, and some other good writers who are just getting getting the boot because they want to do videos and everyone seems convinced that's not going to last. And then in, you know, a year or two, everyone's going to be going, Oh, where will the content writers go? And it's like, they all left because you switched to video. Right? Yeah. Anyway, that's it's so dark. Dag Nabbit. 
It's, you know, the grumpy old man. Yeah, so, in summary, (laughs) this is going to be old men yell at the cloud. Yeah, exactly, yes. In this case, the internet cloud. Yes, that's the joke. Yes. And, uh, (laughs) oh, I'm sorry, I just uh, over explained your joke i'm sorry yeah, it's fine uh, just, oh by the way just uh, just mention um in future episodes we'll hopefully be joined by uh, Bo and abby who are our uh, friends who we enjoyed uh, who we've enjoyed uh, having on in the earlier versions uh, tonight we just happen to be the two of us and we're kind of the pretenders of it so um um we're going to be uh the two of us but uh, we found some interesting stuff online so uh, uh if you want to uh, yeah, we, we, so you had something you wanted to uh, tell us that you found that was of interest. Yeah, I think uh, this yeah, is a, things, a but... fun discussion one, but I shared it in the link there. Uh, this is from HuffPost by Smartest by Smarter Traveler, and it's the 11 craziest ice cream flavors in the world. Mm. And so the backstory of finding this is that we were having uh, ice cream the other day because it's hot and just as a treat there and somehow got discussing, do they make like ice cream flavors that our cat would enjoy? So I went looking for this and this is what I found because the number one result was raw horse flesh flavored ice cream. Okay. <laughs> if you've often thought there's something better than the taste of raw horse flesh, yeah, raw horse flesh ice cream. Yeah. And it probably won't surprise people that this comes from Japan. Yep. And just I believe it comes from the uh, Namja Town Indoor Amusement Park in Tokyo, where they just have a bunch of bizarre flavors, including cow tongue, salt, and squid flavors. Yeah, there you go. Those are uh, flavors. <laughs> oh my god. Now, you just you were just mentioning uh cat ice cream for cats. Is that actually the idea? Is it for your pet? No, no, this is presumably for your people. I know there is ice cream for dogs. But is but the question was is ice cream also for cat? Can cat also eat ice cream? And there was the well, discussion because would cat also like ice cream, could you make ice cream that's flavored for cat? Because cats in general, uh, cats actually don't have a sense of sweetness. They can't taste it. Dogs oh, can. Oh, okay. Yeah, dogs can. So dogs will like ice cream, and you just have to give ice cream that will not kill dogs. Mm. But can cat eat ice cream? And it's... Mm. And so far that search was derailed because we found that there is horse-flavored ice cream. Uh, what? Yeah, I mean, is that something that people eat in Japan naturally? Like, if people enjoy a good piece of raw horse flesh, and this is just combining with ice cream, then okay. But then, why are they eating raw horse flesh in the first place? Is my question. <sighs> From the more mundane of gin ice cream. See that? Well, they have gin rummy ice cream. Don't yeah, they? isn't that a normal thing? To, okay, so that's not too weird. To England's mushy peas and fish ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> apparently like... is served with fried and battered fish on top. <sighs> that almost—if you took out the fish—that almost would work. 
And then the and the peas. So yeah, basically the two main ingredients. If you took them out, it would be fine. Yeah, there you go. So just remove, <laughs> minty, minty. This is a great idea, nice. but remove everything about it. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. jellyfish. Okay, no, this is my favorite one because this kind of gets to where I fell into a hole of just amazing thing. This is jellyfish flavored ice cream. Yeah. Which, does jellyfish have a flavor? Yes, it does, because there is also uh, jellyfish is used in some sushi or other dishes. However, a scoop of the ice cream costs $200. Okay, then. However, and this is sort of the appeal to it, the ice cream glows when licked. Glows when licked. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) That is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and is there's probably is is that because it's jellyfish or yes. is it because yes, this they've is engineered probably, it? Okay, this is from the jellyfish protein that they use to see. make it. And I just have to read you because this led to like just an amazing thing that I found. Like I'm so glad this exists because this sounds like a bit, but I assure you this is true. This is the invention of Crazy Charlie Francis. Founder of Lick Me, I'm Delicious Lick Me, I'm Ice delicious. Cream Company, <laughs> and going and, like going to the site indicates that Lick Me, I'm Delicious Ice Cream provides experimental food installations for fantastic events. And uh, okay, yeah, and what effectively is is that it is like a niche catering company. That provides exotic food, like, exotic food services and food installations for, like, an event, be it a party or corporate uh, retreat. Uh And some of the things that they advertise are, of course, liquid nitrogen ice cream, which is fairly mundane but interesting, edible mints... Wait, what? No, you think liquid nitrogen ice cream is? Mu- oh, because it's frozen with liquid nitrogen, yeah, and it's yeah, very, probably. very cold. Can you even? I've ne- I've never heard of that. Is well, that- yeah, actually, uh, one coworker I had at my last job made that on his own, and that was. Oh, like- is that like dip, dip, Dippin' Dots? Yeah, like, sort of basically- like Dippin' oh, Dots. You okay. mix up right, some okay. sugar and milk and cream there, and then you dunk and then you drip that into liquid nitrogen and it'll freeze into kind of like an orb to which you scoop out and honestly he should have been fired from that because one liquid nitrogen is actually expensive and i'm sure they wouldn't like one someone basically stealing to do that and for two he threw it out in the garbage (laughs) like just (laughs) poured that so if you get so yeah that's a of a safety hazard, just the janitor oh, I'm going to empty this garbage and now my fingernails are frozen off because somebody put, you know Ice 9 in the recycling bin. Thanks. There's no disposal process for this stuff? No, there is a disposal process and the disposal process is don't dispose of it. If you have any left over, deposit it back in effectively this big liquid nitrogen tank because we'd very much like to use that because it's expensive. The other disposal method is that you leave it someplace where no one will knock it over so it can evaporate. (laughs) You don't throw it in the garbage where Scruffy the janitor can come by and have his supervillain origin from that. 
Like, yeah, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm amazed. All right. I yeah, know. but what they also... Uh, the other thing is that they have Edible Mist, the instant mm-hmm. Logo Pop Lollipop Maker. Uh-huh, okay, I guess. And the 40-mile-per-hour Candy Floss Wizard. <laughs> what? What's the advantage to having it go that fast, exactly? I'm sorry, I, I misread. That's the 60-mile-per-hour Candy Floss Wizard. Yeah, okay, so even faster, yeah. But why? Why does it need to go fast? What, what does that do? Does that make it extra light or something? I don't know. I think I ought to, like, looking at it, that's not flit, uh, it's not listed, but their pitch for it is the 60 mile per hour candy floss wizard, whooshing out incredible adult floss flavors spun in a delicious adult whirlwind floss. right in front of your eyes. And, yeah, what it appears to do... Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it, and it basically appears to make, kind of, effectively, a sugar floss tornado inside uh-huh. a dome, and you put a stick in there, and it very swiftly accumulates. Okay. Yeah, okay, that looks kind of cool. Yeah, and actually, it's legitimately cool. You put the stick in it, and then you pull it very far away, and it keeps just spitting out cotton candy, like, six feet away from you, just onto your stick, like a confectionery Spider-Man. <laughs> that, that that looks pretty amazing. My question, uh, you know, if, if only Candy Floss was not disgusting, that would be great. Well, maybe you just <laughs> haven't had the right flavors, because I guess they yeah, offer, it, in it addition to, be... to just the normal cotton candy flavor, we have mint chocolate chip, lemon sorbet, uh-huh. rhubarb and mm-hmm. custard, mm-hmm. sage and onion, sage and onion, yeah, to the weird flavors, soda, and apple fruit and salad. Yeah. yeah, apple and blackcurrant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, almost sounds good, and then I think about how candy flasks always taste like you're eating a mouthful of uh, insta- ins- insulation out of the <laughs> pink insulation out of the out of the wall. Uh, but I, okay, yes, maybe if it's whipped by fairies into a fine mist, it becomes uh, more palatable. I guess this is my own opinions. These do not represent the opinions of Ing or anyone else here at yeah. uh, the podcast. Um- I'm just listing the products there because this is honestly something that I think is just batshit crazy and kind of wonderful. Like, if a job I went to did this, this would be both the stupidest and best thing they ever did. Uh, such as the Tipsy Fountain, which is literally like like a fondue soda fountain, but for strawberry daiquiri or passion fruit martinis or mojitos. Mmm. It's a bacteria frappe, basically. <laughs> the edible bubble volcano. Uh-huh. And yeah, and what it is there is that it makes flavored bubbles, like a bubble blower, that it puts them into the air and you then catch on your tongue and eat. And <laughs> And it's just there's the thing. Uh, yeah, they have malt whiskey flavor, milk chocolate, and more. And they even say straight out of the world of Willy Wonka on the website. Yeah. Um, the, you can tell that's that was 
that was their thought process to begin with, is they wanted to do fizzy lifting drinks. Yeah. For real. And, symbol, <laughs> and a similar product is the Edbull Mist, which looks something out of, like, a Star Trek bar. And... Yeah. I've heard of that one. Yeah, here's the the, thing. From seeing how it's eaten, it's like, I have a sweet tooth, but also I vape. (laughs) But also I vape. A lot of this is, but also I vape. Yeah. Not not relevant to the actual food product, just you would be a vapor if you ate these. Yeah, like literally also I vape. The zero-calorie dessert, because it's literally flavored mist. And it costs five thousand dollars per sniff. Obviously, this is see. This is all like I'm surprised. Do these guys do the thing um, that they they talked about on like Colbert a few years ago, where you can get gold gold leaf in your Sunday or whatever? Is that is that what they also no, do? No, because I think that would be too pedestrian by them. Because that is just oh, that's simply ostentatious rich people thing. What we do. <laughs> No, no, no. What we do is insane rich people things. Apparently, uh, very much, yes. Jeez. Like, this, this is very much for people with too much money and they don't know what to do with it. So they want to have. But at least this looks fun. This looks yeah, entertaining no, and no, fun. No, here's the thing. This is the sort of thing I. If somebody said, yeah, I am rich and I spent money on this for a party, I would say, yes, that is a good use of of your money. Like, someone says, oh, I bought another yacht. It's like, well, you fucking bourgeoisie asshole. But here, this is like, yes, this is the sort of thing you should be spending your fuck you money on. Because, it's like the joke from The Simpsons there. Oh, we're going to the secret zoo, only for rich people, where they have the animals (laughs) that commoners are not allowed to know about. Yeah, this is what I'd like to imagine an eccentric billionaire spending time on. It's like, chickens, Uh prepare for me my flavored bubble bath. (laughs) I will be enjoying my Pinot Gris caramelized popcorn. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and to be fair, I think a lot of this is for like corporate functions and stuff. So, it's possible that like non-fantastically rich people might get to enjoy some of this stuff if it's yeah, a function or the, something. Yeah, in the client page, they've said that basically they've been hired for like um employee appreciation parties and like retreats for stuff like Volkswagen and YouTube and all that um <laughs> Yeah, it's just like LinkedIn, Coca-Cola. So yeah, they they do that. And let me tell you, this is a hell of a ton better than any of the employee appreciation (laughs) things I have ever gotten at a job. Uh Uh-huh. But you didn't enjoy your pizza party and, uh, you know, somebody playing um, with a boombox? At my last (laughs) job, let me describe what we got at our employee appreciation thing. Uh, let's see, there's the one where we had the organizers do a series of wacky carnival games, such as Toilet Paper Roll Bowling. Okay. A game where you had to stack chop chapstick with chopsticks, because zany. And mm-hmm. I believe Apple Stacking too, which then ended with a Elton John impersonator. Ah, okay. An Elton John impersonator. Before and the year after that, I believe we had the wheelless cardboard box slot car race made out of office material, 
where uh-huh. you had where the whole thing was build a contraption out of cardboard boxes and office materials, but instead of wheels, you're going to have to slide them across ping pong balls that someone will put in front of them. <laughs> oh um, and to- I don't. That's what drives me crazy. Where it's like, oh, and now you're going to work at this party that we're throwing for you, even if it's to have fun. It's like, no, come on. Yeah, no, no, no. This isn't to have fun. This is something MacGyver will have to do if he was trapped by, like, Willy Wonka and had uh-huh. to escape or something. No, th- th- yeah. this is a fucking challenge Arcade from X-Men gives people. <laughs> and if you're wondering, two big surprises there. One, someone was indeed injured. And two, yeah, the uh, boss was indeed the person who won. I see. Was was somebody injured with liquid nitrogen? No, no, we mercifully they didn't allow us to do that. Although apparently the I wasn't there, they did do liquid nitrogen ice cream, which was at least on brand. Since Mm -hmm. uh, for context, we worked and stuff with uh, cryogenics. Yeah. So it's not just randomly that like, oh yeah, you know, this I work for uh like uh, the Michelin paper supply thing and we just randomly have our water cooler, our coffee machine and the liquid nitrogen tank because our boss is very <laughs> paranoid that we may have to kill a terminator someday. Uh no, we yeah. actually we use that for work. Um <laughs> Well, yeah, but yes, anyway, as you were saying, they of carelessness you've described. Uh, Ing, Ing, you got you got to check out the commissions page at the Lick Me I'm Delicious. Um, some of the stuff there's even crazier stuff there. Oh my there's god! The arousal commissioned commissioned by one of our VIP clients. Each ball of ice cream contains 25 megs of Viagra and is flavored with bubbly champagne. No! <laughs> oh my god! Reveal the identity of the client. Oh, is this even legal? And he. And here's the thing, the picture of it, everyone, everyone go to the site, with me on delicious.com commissions, the picture of it is an ice cream cone inverted, so that there's just the two uh-huh. scoops of ice cream forming the, let us say, lexicals of the phallic yeah. imagery. <laughs> we God. weren't able to reveal the identity of the client, but they reported no back kidding. they were very happy with the end result. <laughs> This okay, so this this company is literally the Venn diagram overlap of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and the party from Eyes Wide Shut. I feel like they're gonna reveal that they were like hunting people for sport <laughs> and making them into ice cream at some point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also there is the glow in the dark uh, ice cream there's, with the jellyfish. There's the glow in the dark ice cream. Yeah. So that was a special commission. A levitating cocktail machine. Uh, electric teacup to stimulate simulate the impression of sweetness in your tea. What? The electric tea uses high-pitched frequency tones to simulate the impression of sweetness in your tea, allowing you to forgo the lure of sugar and replace it with electric noise instead. That's 
insane, but if it works, then uh, that they're kind of wasting it by on a special commission when they could be making millions of dollars. Apparently. Well, I'm presuming it's like expensive or prohibitive to set up. But you see, this is why I said this is like the luxurious rich people shit that I can get behind. Because, yeah. you know, just just gilding fucking everything, like Donald Trump, like, gold-plating his penis or whatever he wastes his money on. There's just no imagination. This is like someone going... So, you know, like, in 60s and 70s pulp sci-fi things where uh-huh. all the food had to be, like, futuristic? Like, it wasn't just tea, it was electric tea? You said, yeah, here was... is... I am writing out a blank check. You make this happen. And then, like, I feel kind of good, no, like, often when I hear, like, rich people spending money on stuff, I kind of get mad and a bit jealous there. This, I am at least kind of happy knowing that somebody put this out in the world, even if it's not for me to enjoy. (laughs) And I'm looking at the the video for, like, Yukiko, it literally looks like they just put a little thing in the tea, and that makes it sweet somehow? I, boy, I... That feels like a scam. But Sounds you know. fake, but okay. <laughs> I mean, again, if they found a way to her with... I'm sorry, I love the picture. of electricity. Yeah, the, that's, uh... The, the video of it is wonderful because it has the person preparing the tea. They put the tea bag, they put the water, they put the cream, and then they hover a scoop of sugar on it and then just throw it over the shoulder. Yeah. Like, no, we're using <laughs> electricity. Yeah. Well, I also, guess there's some scientific principle, but holy cow, talk about burying the lead. Also, not surprisingly, <laughs> since it uh, plays on YouTube, the suggestive videos do include clips from various Willy Wonka stuff. Uh-huh. Well, there you the go. Uh, what else do they have? Ice cream pottery. Ice cream pottery, yes, I saw that. Uh, yeah, edible ice cream pots which were thrown on a potter's wheel. Photograph them as they melted. Oh, okay. Reprinted the melting pots using a 3D printer and then recast these 3D prints in ceramic. The Levitron. The Levitron, the levitating cocktail machine. Okay, this is one that I've seen this technology demonstrated, and it legitimately is cool. I just love this both adult and childish application of it. Yeah, for sure. Holy it, cow. It's like, using, like, high-frequency can... sound waves to effectively suspend droplets of liquid in the air. They're just using very potent alcohol. <laughs> this is like, they could be curing cancer and uh, sending us to Mars, but they're going to use it on candy, basically. So it really is Willy Wonka. Yeah! <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, well, that that is pretty cool. So, basically, what we're telling you is, forego the uh, actual clickbait we were talking about, go directly to lickmeimdelicious.com and uh, observe the madness of the real-world Willy Wonka factory of of what no doubt costs hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for any of this stuff, but you can... You can gaze longingly at You know, I'm not gonna lie, I am looking for new employment, and there is a jobs tab in there. And I'm not gonna bullshit you, <laughs> I definitely clicked that. And was disappointed I 100%. that they don't have full-time positions at this time. Uh-huh. But, 
Well, it's you... worth reading that um, there's a standard, uh, like app. Uh, sorry, there's a standard link for their application, and they encourage people to drop them in the email with a video of you breakdancing like an ostrich to back up your application, or something incredibly exciting like that. And it's like, yeah, th this is Willy Wonka stuff. It's like, of course, there's no full time op, uh, no full time occupations available. It's all done by Oompa Loompas. I guess. Well, there you, there you go, Ingo. You can, you can, like well, you have a science background, so yeah. you can use your science. Like that Viagra ice cream is made out of a fat kid that did not survive a tour. We all know this. <laughs> yeah. Like that, Jeez. that was the lost Wonka kid where, uh -huh. you know, instead of falling in the chocolate or thing, they attempted to fuck one of the machines or something and got pulled into it and got turned into the thirsty uh, ice cream. Wow. This is, yeah, this is madness, but it's, it, it is, that's pretty cool. So there you go. For our first entry on, uh, on the clickbait podcast, we <laughs> end up looking at something that's actually kind of cool and fun. So we've, uh, we've defeated our own purpose here, uh, in the thing, but that, that is, that is really cool. Uh, it does make me want to, uh, uh, murder uh, the bourgeoisie and redistribute all their wealth, but it is, as Ing says, it is really awesome and cool and a good use of uh, ridiculous money. Um, I have uh, I have something I'd like to uh, talk about here, yeah, if we can. Move on to mine. So, um, <clears throat> let me just get copy the link here. So, what we were, but so, we're, we're sort of talking more about really stretching for content and it's almost it's a combination of we got to get the eyeballs and maybe it was a combination of you've got to come up with three listicles a day or something and they just start scraping the bottom of the barrel for what they're going to put up here so here's the link that i found it was a link from last year uh for a site called thelistlove.com which i've got to imagine is uh <laughs> is is the kind of site that we're talking about in general um and it's the, the uh, top 10 most famous sofas on tv i'm sorry you're gonna have to say that because i just cracked it's up only sofas. <laughs> top 10 most sorry. famous sofas on tv only several of them are not sofas at all. They even go. <laughs> this, this isn't a sofa, but like the, the last one's Tony Soprano's chair that he got therapy in on The Sopranos, which is not a sofa. Uh, Frazier's oh dad's chair. Yes, I was about to say that the number three is Frazier's dad recliner. That's not, a, not sofa. a sofa. You had one job. <laughs> And then what was the other one? The Big Brother chair, I don't believe, counts as a sofa. Um, this... Married with children, it's like, okay, but is it really a memorable sofa, really? like, it's... At, at least it was front and center. Okay, so the number one is the Friends sofa, which... The Friends sofa. Okay, and the Simpsons couch. Uh-huh. The Simpsons couch should be number one, I think. Yeah, personally. I mean, it, it's prominently done, the... The Big Brother chair, I don't know that. The Big Bang Theory. I mean, it's extant. Apparently there's a joke on the show about the sofa, so 
fair enough. I'm not having as big a problem with that one as I am with, like... And then Seinfeld, like, because of the pee couch episode, it's the only reason that's on there. Uh, like, do people really talk about the sofa on Seinfeld as a major, you know, location that the characters hang out on? I don't know. Modern Family. So it's... It, like, the, the crazy thing is, you look at every sitcom made from, like, 1950 to about 1996... And it's a living room, and there's a sofa facing the audience, right? Like, that's that's the standard yeah. sitcom layout, you but would agree, right? Because that's standard furniture that people have in their living room. <laughs> yes. And, and I mean, you could argue that because of the layout of a three-camera sitcom where it's like a stage set, the, the sofa is going to be prominent. Um, yes, perhaps <laughs> one may say more prominent than normal, than, like, say, a... Because, I don't know about you, but usually most living rooms I've seen have the sofa up against a wall or something. Typically, well, because space is at a premium for most people, so they will put it up against a wall to maximize the floor room. But for the three-camera structure, like you said, we need effectively a foreground, middle ground, and background, which the sofa conveniently breaks up. Yeah, that's true. I think I think the ironic thing about most sitcoms is we're kind. We the audience are kind of in the place where the television would be in these people's living room. So oh, we are God. like watching them, watching them through the television. <laughs> it's it's a whole complicated uh, multi layered reality. Yeah, I, we are looking in through their television at them. Here's the thing: my mind is blown because <laughs> I legit have never thought of that before. <laughs> But now it's, it's, like, so obvious. Yep. And and The Simpsons almost references this with the couch gag, right? Because we're, we're more or less watching them. The Simpsons doesn't need the setup, but they use it. But yeah, this is some, like, Grant Morrison recursive shit. It's like... <laughs> Absolutely. It's yeah, and, and just thinking about it, I'm like... Oh my god, are they I'm watching so us while we're watching them? <laughs> I think that's you know, I'm thinking of like Roseanne. Uh, generally, I would say Frasier. Friends. I think they they actually broke the tradition because the TV was off to the side and they did watch TV from a different angle than we usually get it. Um, but yeah, I'm. Uh, what else? Um, like, well, not Cheers. I mean, even Cheers, you could argue they probably have it. They kind of had TVs in the bar, and that was kind of the wall. So I'm not yeah, it's... surprised they didn't have the bar from Cheers in their most famous sofas. Since I mean, we yeah, have just... we have three armchairs on this list. <laughs> a bar stool, sure, that's a sofa. Why not? Bar it's a sandwich, a taco. Um. Uh. Yeah, Fonzie, the bathroom stall from Fonzie's office in Happy Days. See, this yeah. is. The... But this is what gets me about listicles. One, that somebody said, okay, I'll just do, like, the top ten most famous sofas on TV, and then at some point realize that they cannot reach ten sofas (laughs) that are even prominent, that can even pass this low bar of prominency. But then, just rather than re-pitch it as, why don't I do the most ten famous chairs or seats on TV... (laughs) Like, the 
like the thrones of TV royalty where to their prosperous say yeah. No, no, no. They just sat uh-huh. with sofas and said, fuck it, we're doing Tony Soprano's uh, therapy chair as number therapy. one. Therapy chair. Yeah. And they could have done, like, yeah, if they did furniture, they could have put on, like, the Iron Throne, and they could have put on all kinds of cool stuff on there. And, it would have been ex- and they're literally going, like, well, there's a show I've never even heard of called The Royal family which is i guess a british sitcom and there's like modern family and they even say well you know the couch might not be anything special well, it's on the top list of the top 10 <laughs> why is it so on the list? list but then that would okay so clearly this was written well, okay i'll do a list that couches are sometimes prominent and we got like i don't know the simpsons couch or the christ i already forgot the first one the couch from friends or something friends, and then yeah. they kind of sputtered out and said or married with children and said no i need to find seven more and clearly had trouble with that but then was like oh if i go back and change it to chairs then this will be indefensively skewed towards sofas and i can't have that (laughs) so i'm simply going to go with sofas and have just really stretch it this is no. This is a, no this greater is just sign an than enigma. this Uh huh. Yeah. No. No. No greater sign that they refuse to put more than ten minutes of work into this listicle <laughs> than sort of halfway changing formats partway through and not no, no, bothering no. to go back and correct. No, I. <laughs> I kind of believe the opposite. I like to imagine that this was agonizing to this person. That they thought that this would be a simple one, and then they hit the problem that they only have seven sofas, even with stretching it, and then got into, like, a deep existential panic on what to do. Do I bullshit and put in the Fraser chair and, like, the Big Brother chair and the Sopranos chair, or do I change it to, like, most famous seats and just have it heavily slanted towards sofas and they were agonizing to it and finally decided no I cannot sell out and bastardize right. my material so much <laughs> as to do some half-assed best seats that are mostly just sofas. <laughs> I, there you go. It was the, and they put it online and they sat back and they said... And they said, you know what? Leading up to this moment. Three of these couches <clears throat> may not actually be couches, but at least I have my integrity. <laughs> sort of. I, vi- I completely violated my integrity in another form, in another way of saying. But you know, at least I stuck to the original idea. It's just. I, I mean, and I mean, just that takes me around too. Though the thing that bugs me about this is he could have easily, or I assume it, I didn't even chatter of the person who made it. But <clears throat> oh, who knows? They're it's, not there's listed. No, there's no credited uh, credited uh, creator here, um, <clears throat> but. It's clearly someone who, as with so many of these, especially TV-related lists, um, they don't know anything before the 90s, which is a remit for me. I, I, that starts to, you know, that's a legitimate... Oh my god, I just uh, realized! They didn't put in what? Dick Van Dyke's ottoman! That's part yeah, of the so... couch set! That's right! That is perhaps so... the most iconic TV sofa-adjacent thing. I mean... It's technically not a sofa, but it is paired no. with his sofa set. It's, like, part of it. And that is, like, oh, my God. It's, like, it was right yeah, there. Yeah, he shows. 
I'm just baffled. It was right there. Like, you were so desperate for material that you listed the leather chair from The Sopranos, but you didn't list the Dick Van Dyke couch set. How did that happen? Yeah, no, I'm just Um, saying that he was so stretched for material, he had to do the Sopranos chair, but missed the Dick Van Dyke couch set. There's also the couch from I Love Lucy. Yeah, I Love Lucy, the Addams Family. There's so many things. Oh my god, the Addams Family is like a much better couch. Because I think... Okay, for one that you can talk about the little observed fact that, like, you can often miss, but that the couch is made out of a coffin. A precursory search shows that there's been several Adams Family couches, and they're all kind of wonderful. And most of them are made out of coffins in some way. (laughs) Yes, exactly! Like, the classic one from the show is literally just, like, an open-lid coffin that's been turned into a couch. How is that not worthy of being on the list of the best sofas on TV? I mean, come on. And, like, some of the other ones that were, uh, that I'm seeing there, like, made for the movies or other incarnations have ones that are, like, a leather-bound one that's made out of a coffin lid, one that appears to be made out of an entire tiger... Uh, one that has, like, uh, two, uh, Zool from Ghostbusters, like, gargoyle dogs as the armrests. It's like, that's worth mentioning. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, there's so many, um, ridiculous, like, uh, like, if it's for the movie, I can see the argument that, oh, no, no, because it would be only for the show. But just by itself, the show itself has to be memorable enough to be on there. Um, what other, like, even... I feel like there's workplace sitcoms that had uh, sofas, too. Am I imagining that? I'm sure there is, though none come to me at the time. Yeah. There's a... There's a sofa on Brooklyn Nine Nine, but that's a, I wouldn't say that's an iconic picture. Uh, uh, but but yeah. but 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 it was the subject of one episode. Like had that's right effectively yeah. star focus, so that should be enough to justify it. <laughs> that's right. I mean, even even Arrested Development, I thought the so you know the so. But again, it's like the the. The point is that they did not look very far afield. It was it was a TV list by a guy who or a girl who doesn't know anything about TV enough enough but, but to fill a list on the best sofas. Wait, 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 wait. Some, Here's one uh-huh. that only ninety yes. kids will remember: the Snick Couch. I don't know what that is. Oh, shit. Um, so Nickelodeon had the Saturday Night Nick thing, and sort of its icon was a big orange couch. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Um, it, it, I'd say that it's fairly iconic for people who grew up in that age group in the 90s. That If it's anything that's where the sofa is part of the story, I think that's more... Oh, the couch on Modern Family, I guess, is a couch. Well, but here's the thing. The Snick couch was, like, effectively its mascot. It was used as the the logo 
as effectively the setting for commercials and all that. Like, it was very intrinsic to the brand. So I think that would be a good justification for it. Like, I'm looking at the a, a promo picture for Are You Afraid of the Dark, and it's the couch in front of a campfire. The Snick couch, which was from, like, 92 until 2004 for Nickelodeon, was listed on Wikipedia as the mascot. And that the advertisements would just put the couch in several locations, including the Midnight Society's campfire from Are You Afraid of the Dark and Ren and Stimpy's right. house. Now, it, yeah. I only bring up like this backstory because I discovered this fact looking up the couch. That's kind of amazing. The couch was retired in 1999 when it was stuffed with $25,000 and 6,000 cookies and was given away in a contest celebrating the 20-year anniversary of the network. Hey. <laughs> yeah, so apparently... Who wouldn't want a couch? Stuffed with money and cookies, because apparently crazy shit done with food is the theme for this episode. It was stuffed full of money and cookies and, uh, like, raffled off in a giveaway. So our theme this episode is just bizarre shit done with food. Apparently. And can not candy to say yeah, candy. to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but where I was getting with that is that imagine just you did a listicle and there's that fact out there if you just kinda did we spent like what, five, maybe ten minutes searching various T V couches? And we found, like, an actual couple gems that would be good on that list. I know. Like, it's, hey, the Adams Family couch was made from a coffin. Hey, this famous couch was stuffed full of cookies intentionally and given away. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, like I say, that this is the problem, the other problem, of one of many problems with clickbait. Just, as I say, it's that sense of, with clickbait, they need to do it at such a rate. They need to keep it go coming at such a horrendous rate that you know you get this kind of thing where they just they have no you know they're they're doing five five a day or something. I don't know how how many they're doing. Um, there's there. I've read some articles about how clickbait is done, and it sounds pretty uh, pretty brutal. And there's definitely some theft going on. Anyway, so it just it leads yeah, to I this kind of. Yeah, we, we say as we blatantly got material just by reading off other people's clickbait stuff, but yeah. But, well, but I mean, the difference is we're, I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with, you know, oh, we've got to keep providing content. We've got yeah. to keep providing content, you know, like you just can't stop at all. You know, anyway, it's it's needless to say, I'm sure we'll be talking about this, talking about this uh, non-stop uh, as the as the podcast goes on but yeah um yeah it's it's just clearly so lazy anyway yeah um, but i think you had get me like i Go said on, we spent maybe like 10 minutes just searching yeah. around various tv couches and found genuine stuff worth talking about yeah exactly and uh, more more to the point uh we i think we knew enough like we were able to just say oh yeah adam's family like that was in our minds yeah 
you know, whoever's doing this clickbait, I don't know, what are they, 19 years old? They've never seen TV uh, before before they were born? And, you know, like, why are you writing about TV then if, if you don't know any of this stuff? Or, you know? or maybe they're, so. like, 60 years old and they're like, oh, what do the kids like? Um, I don't know, Frasier, <laughs> people like that, Miles, right? <laughs> that hip young Frasier. Frasier uh, jokes are trending cool on Twitter. <laughs> They are too. It's true. I'm not yeah. sure why Fraser has made such a comeback recently, but people do. T- people have been, you know, talking about their their great nostalgic fondness for Fraser lately. Hey. I don't share. I was never an enormous fan of that show, but hey, what can I say? I like Fraser. Uh, there is, I think, just something about it that its tone that kind of fits the current internet irreverence. I guess no. It was, it's a fine. It's fine as far as it goes. Uh, it's interesting that we were talking about Friends too. Friends and Frasier, if I'm not mistaken, uh, both came out the same year. They both started the same year, and I always it was always interesting to me because as a and I was just a little kid, so I wasn't very discriminating. But I found Friends to be sharper in terms of the dialogue and in terms of the character in terms of how the characters interacted but Frasier clearly had way more work done into like characterization and coming up with clever scenarios and trying to actually say something and Friends was very hollow but Friends had that superficial that I think benefited from because my, my problem with Friends they would tell a joke and then they would explain the joke you know what yeah. I'm talking about yeah it's like er- Almost every joke on Frasier is followed by them explaining the joke. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? I don't know. I, 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 that's one that I'd actually have to go back and look at to see if they do. Well, I, 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 I was something that stuck with me a lot when I watched it as a kid because it would always be like, like there was what just one joke that pops into my head and is like he's saying, "Oh, you know, your, your, oh, your, your nemesis." Excuse me, Niles. Your nemesis from high school is living well, and or is is uh, is uh, no. Sorry, let me. I screwed that up. It was uh, Niles. You know, you, you're bitter about your nemesis from high school, but, but you're living well. That's that's the best revenge. You've got a good life, and he so living well is the best revenge. And Niles says, "Oh, you're right," but you know, you don't see that turning up in a lot of opera plots, and that's funny. And then he goes on to say, oh, yes, in the third act, Gudrun uh, devastates her enemies by living well. And he kept explaining the joke, you know what I mean? And it was like, uh, the punchline was there, move on. You know, anyway. I can see, I mean, I can get that, but there's also then some of, like, using that as a gag or a giffle to riff off of. I guess. it's. I felt like... At that point, it was just getting clumsy. That wasn't the worst. I th- There were other ones. But I did feel like somebody was writing this, someone very clever, and they wrote it down, and it was on a script, and on the paper, you didn't have an audience laughing, so you wanted to keep going. And then when it played on the show, literally there'd be a laugh track after the gag. <laughs> and then it would they keep going with the joke. And that kind of, even if Even if you're still coming up with gags, you're kind of you're milking it and that weakens the original joke anyway that's this is just all my subjective opinion so who knows but yeah. uh, that's 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 what always bugged me about but, that show personally that, uh, but you know, that was... should be saved for our other weekly Fraser hot takes podcast 
yes, of, of the 50 Frasier hot take podcasts. You know, the, the thing I always thought, I, I didn't actually see the see it itself, but somebody on Twitter about a year ago, they they did a Frasier zine. Uh, and the, I just remember because the cover was drawn in the style of Air J, and it was like like Tainte running against the spotlight with Snowy, but it was Frasier with the, the dog, Eddie the dog, uh, but it was drawn in the style of Air J. It was a really clever little drawing. I thought that was really neat. <laughs> So, all right, um, my food's here, so I think we should call it for tonight. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, you uh, said you. Uh, all right, so that's that's our views on clickbait. We'll we'll find more crazy, weird, and interesting stuff on the internet uh, in the coming weeks. But uh, just a reminder that uh, I, Adam Prosser, I have a website, a uh, webcomic called Star Force Pentacle, which you can uh, view via uh, um, Star Force Pentacle. The uh, let me get the web page here. Hang on one second. Um, Star, sorry, StarForcePentacle.TheComicSeries.com uh, and Phantasmic Tales. Uh, also, I'm on Comicsology with both my comic Lemuria and Strange Romance Anthology. Um, Aim, do you have anything? Would you like to plug your stuff? Uh, not this week. <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, but we do all have stuff and we're all very creative people. So um, we will have more to talk about. We're, we're a bubbling fount of ideas. So uh, until next week, uh, folks, uh, destroy all clickbait, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. And a big thank you to Jack Furick for writing the theme song. Bye-bye.